are listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson live from Newcastle here in the studio. It's a beautiful Monday morning, the 27th of February, and we're just thankful to be here. I can see the sun rising. I can see the blue sky. Mm. And it's going to be a great day. Looks like it's going to be an awesome day. How are you feeling, Lawson? I am the sorest human being alive right now. I, uh, well, I went to church on Sabbath. Yeah. That's not why I'm, so I had a great time and <laughs> hung out with my friends and then Newcastle Uni Church? You know, I wasn't, oh, I was, I was preaching on Wall's End Church. Ah, uh, yes. I, I was there flying the Faith FM flag. So shout out to the Wall's Indians. Oh, what they, what they, what they're doing <laughs> out there. Uh, but Those yeah. Wall's Indians. I was, I was, I was at Wall's End and then yesterday, so in the morning, I actually hung out with producer Shanna and some others, and we went go karting, which is you know fun activity for me. I'm like bit of a bit of a small guy, and you know going pretty fast in the cart. And so whenever I finish go karting, usually I'm like pretty bruised on my shoulder blades, like a bit sore in the arms, a bit sore in the shoulders. Uh, but directly, immediately after that, almost. In fact, we had lunch, and then I'm like, okay, I got to go, guy, uh, guys, bye. And I drove from lunch after go-karts, to paintball for my friend Harry. Shout out Harry and Johanna on their upcoming wedding, which is going to be amazing and incredible. But I drove immediately to paintball and got shot about 15 hundred times. Were you even playing or they just saw you in the parking lot? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That No, no, I was playing okay. and I was shooting, dude. I was making plays. I was making moves. I was, I was handling did that thing. Did you do any barrel rolls? Dude, well, they were like... A hood slide? I, I did. I did like, I was sliding up to some of the barriers and, and, you know, taking my shots from there. But uh, all of our crew were just demolished by the end because particularly like the last round, we're like, let's just, let's just all charge each other the whole time and waste all our bullets. And, Classic. And now we're Classic all... Classic testosterone run. We're all walking polka dot You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM with Blake and Lawson. Shanna in the producing studio, making it happen with the buttons that need to be pressed. Want to shout out our listeners in Lismore, New South Wales, listening on 88.0. And also, I want to shout out as well our listeners in this little place called... Doncaster, Victoria. Oh, I know the Doncaster people. Shout out Doncaster. Doncasterians? I've been in in those streets. I've (laughs) seen those people. I've met them. I've gotten to know them. Good place. Actually, I just thought about this because Newcastle Newcastle people are Novacastrians. Yeah. Are the Doncasterians? Like, is that from Doncaster? Nah, we call them Donnies. (laughs) I I have no idea. I just made that up. Guy Donnies. Yeah, shout out the Donnies. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Doncaster. Doncaster sounds like a place. I've been to Doncaster, and it's a relatively small sub- suburb. It mm. sounds like a place that should be a lot bigger. Like, oh yeah, I'm from Donny. Oh, like, I'm from Doncaster. Yeah, right? but it was it was relatively small when I went there. So fair enough. Good, good, good spot in the world. Good times. Another good time that we're about to have is you giving away the first clue of the quiz this morning. I'm, I'm pumped. Of course, this is the first clue for the week. Five hundred <laughs> points. Big amount of points on offer now. 
this is this is the thing. You can play some different strats here because how our quiz works is essentially we give clues throughout the show, and the clues all point towards the same answer, but they start difficult and get easier and easier and easier. The but the more difficult clues, you get more entries to the quiz. So the question is, do you want to risk it and go the big clues and put an answer in? But if that answer's wrong, then you're ba out. ba, you're out for the day. You know, lose you your, can answer correctly. You lose your shoes. But you won't you won't get any points if you've for any correct answers afterwards for the day. But it's there's a thing, it's like, oh, just get some runs on the board early, maybe wait to the later questions, or send it in the earlier questions and play it safe later. To getting runs on the board is such an Australian thing, just so you know. What do you like I I I know what that means now, uh-huh. but like that means nothing to people not in Australia. Because it's really? a cricket reference. Yeah. So it's like you just want to hit the ball a couple times. Just to get a few points or a few yeah, runs yeah. on the board, yeah. but in America, like if someone said get runs on the board, I'm, I'm guessing I'm, first thing that comes to my mind is like a cheese platter, like <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe some figs, and some camembert, <laughs> on, little double on, brie on the board. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But hey, our first clue for the quiz today: the first time this city is mentioned in the Bible, Melchizedek is its king. If you know, oh! If you know the answer to this I one, know this guy. 0491-064-669. And we've got a double prize coming towards you. There's going to be dubs. That's going to be given out. It's going to be drawn on Friday. We've got 13 weeks to joy. How to hold happiness that, how to hold the happiness that God gives by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. So if you want to be happy, if you want to know how God can make you happy and how you can have an amazing relationship with him, that's one book. The other book that we have right here, Seven Deadly Relationship Sins DVD. Bum, bum. <laughs> Replace Destroying Behaviors with Strengthening Ones. Again, by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. Now, I was able to listen to her speak, I believe it was either 2018 or 2019 at the Australian North New South Wales Big Camp. She came along and gave some incredible and fantastic talks about, you know, the field that she's in, working with people, counseling, psychology, that kind of thing. Cool. But again, seven deadly relationship sins as well as 13 weeks to joy. Like, I feel like if you mastered, okay, I'm happy and I'm also not committing the deadly relationship sins so I have better relationships with the people around me, is that not just contentment and I think it's worth its weight in gold. That's incredible. got a lot of weight, so that actually... (laughs) That actually could be worth quite a bit, so maybe I should check these out. Sure. <laughs> you can't enter the quiz, sorry. No. Yeah, you have to buy it. Okay. Uh, but hey, the first time this city is mentioned in the Bible, Melchizedek is its king. Wouldn't that just be like a, a like a little hardcore play if I started playing the quiz and sending in texts as me? As you? Should, yeah. And then we'd just be like, Blake, you can't win. But you <laughs> just like, keep, nope. <laughs> you just keep doing it. I'm going to get drawn. Uh, we go into the good news, and I'm like, oh, hey, Blake, did you hear? And he's like, hold on. I'm putting, I'm my- putting in my answer for the quiz. Because you know, if- that's how I sound when I text. Okay. That's every fair, every fair millennial texting. That's Th- how we sound. There you go. Just so we know. Uh, another, another thing I want to talk about is Big Camp. You just mentioned Big Camp. Yeah. Uh, if you are thinking about going to Big Camp, at, in North New South Wales, you better get your applications in. Yeah, today. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently this is it. This is the year. And we walked and we walked into the studio. We were like, "Wait, we need to apply to go to Big Camp <laughs> today." Oh, today. <laughs> so after the show, we will be applying we've together. Got some apl- we're, are we going to do a tent together? 
Yeah, sure. Dude, Lost and I, we're gonna we're gonna be tent buds. We're gonna be tenting. We're gonna be faith of Faith of we should have the same tent. We're also gonna be. I've got sitting beside you actually. To your left is a script because we're gonna be in one of the one of the cliff towers. You're gonna be cliff towers. I'm gonna be leader, or I guess they'll give me a name. But (laughs) we're gonna be doing a play for the lower primary kids. That's gonna be super fun. So they're gonna get some some faith FM production in in that tent, and Shell's running it. And I've got to be. I've got to get into character. That's I'm right. just nervous. So essentially my character is a guy who can't actually survive in the woods, uh, but pretends that he can. Wait, actually I'm in character. Right yeah, now. that's, yeah. yep, yep. That's, you've uh, got some I'm experience go. doing that, <laughs> yeah. it seems. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's okay. Amazing. Hey, let's have a look at some good news this morning. England has an interesting problem. Yeah, they do. England has an interesting problem because they are so efficient at gathering archaeological artifacts that there's they're running out of space for them <laughs> right so so the uh the the entirety of their museum is just backed up you know it's full and then all of their storage facilities are also full wow. like for all of these artifacts now if you know anything about england archaeology they've done a lot of thieving you know and they they go to a lot of countries and go on expeditions and take the artifacts of their country then back to England. It's a very British move. And when the other countries ask for them, they say, well, have you thought about buying a ticket to the British Museum to come and look at those? They basically say that. Oh, wow. Because they don't give them back. That's true. They don't give them back. So they've got this interesting problem on hand because it's like, we've stolen all of these artifacts... But now we have too many of them, and they're all in storage because the museum is full. Hashtag thief issues. So that's the problem. That's the problem they're presented with. But it seems like they are on their way to solve them because they are on their way to solve them. Uh, recently, it was uncovered in London that there was some precious jewelry, a bunch of crowns from Cambodia that are like from the ninth through the fourteenth centuries of like the kings and queens of Cambodia, like these crowns and cool helmets and and even some military stuff. Like these are epic ancient artifacts, and it, they were discovered in London. They know they were in Cambodia. They were speculating as to how they got there, and there was there was an estate that was recently. Um, ceased of a of a serial art trafficker named Douglas Latchford. You know, his, he was arrested, and so they got his estate. And they made an interesting move. Instead of just saying, well, I guess this is now property of the queen, well, the, the king, they gave it back. They said, no way. Cambodia, you can have your crowns back. What? Which is insane. This is very unbridged. Because, again, because they don't do that. No, they don't. They went from colonization to art colonization and they've been doing that very well to the point where they're so efficient they have too much they have too much now they're just giving stuff back wow so it seems as though if they want to free up this space because i was reading when i was reading the article specifically about their problem of overcrowding it's to the point where even the archaeological finds that happen in england they don't have the ability to store them and i'm like why don't you run a priority system where it's like all of these artifacts that we just took from other countries and decided not to give back to them, even when they asked for them, will now give them back so that then in we can prioritise British history because that's what we're actually entitled to rather than stealing everyone else's stuff. 
Lawson, you are solving the world's problems That's here right. at Faith FM. That's right. And because I, I think archaeology is incredibly important. It shows us more and more about the past. And, you know, we talk about space exploration, for example. Mm-hmm. And the more we look at space exploration, we look at the vastness of the universe, we learn more about God. And I believe when Amen. we look at archaeology and we learn more about history, and us being Christians constantly are people who are looking back into history – we learn more about God, too, because we look at the way that not only he's worked, but the way that he has predicted as well. I think that archaeology, historians, all of that thing is in- incredibly important, and it should be something that we should be prioritizing. But, yeah, how about we keep it to our own countries and stop stealing other people's stuff? And you work, tell, you tell work Britain, together. Come on, Britain. Come on, Britain. You already made a, f- a big – you made a big blunder by giving us Australia – you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show right here from Newcastle, where the Novocastrians live, like Lawson mm-hmm. and me. Like mm-hmm. uh, we are going through some crazy news stories this morning, good stuff and also some bad stuff as well mm. too, or weird stuff, I guess you could say. But before we do that, we have some serious quiz clues that need to be answered and you have to be involved in that here we go what city am i this city was also called jebus or jebus j-u-b-u-s you know what city that is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text for the correct answer and you'll go into the draw this 400 point quiz clue and those 400 points will go into the draw to win 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer, as well as Seven Deadly Relationship Sins by, again, Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. We're giving you the Jennifer Jill double this morning. Well, this week. Mm-hmm. And you got to get in because, I, dude, clearing up the relationship sins in your life and experiencing joy, like total joy, after a 13 weeks of working through it, this is, this is life goals right here. So again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You got. You can get your hands on some. Uh, how do you pronounce her last name? Schweza. Schweza. Sh- it's a double Schweza. It's it's, it's it's it seems Jewish. Schweza. Like S H S C H W I R Z E R. Schweza. Oh, Schwerzer. Schwerzer, yeah. Schwerzer. Yeah, I, I just didn't say that. I didn't the R because you're Australian. Yeah. Australian. yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Jennifer oh, Jill Schwerzer. Oh, Schwerzer. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Okay. Um, but Schwerzer, okay, I can handle that. That's the Schwez. The Schwez. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, anyway, the Schwez. I'm sorry. That was awesome. Uh, Lawson, life is a wild ride. And mm-hmm. I want to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to tell you a news story. Mm-hmm. But. Many moons ago, uh, I think it was maybe 2011, we flew to a place called Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. I flew to Port Moresby, which is like the big main city there. And then I took a, another plane to Mount Garoka. Mm-hmm. Then I took another plane to this little place called Tumobil, which is on the border of, I believe at one time it was called Irian Jaya, but I think it's now Western Papua, which mm-hmm. is actually a part of modern-day Indonesia. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about all the names, but I, but basically, in the middle of Papua New Guinea, right on the border, and there's a river there. So if you look at the map of Papua New Guinea, between West Papua and Papua New, or PNG, there's a line that goes all the way through. Mm-hmm. 
uh, between those two countries. But the only part of the country that the line is not straight is it runs along a river, mm. right? So you look at the map and there's a river. Anyway, I was on that river and I walked back and forth between West Papua and, mm. you know, uh, Papua New Guinea. And we were up in this place called Tumobile, which means, uh, I believe it means the stone people, right? Mm. Like that's, it's uh, it's an interesting name. But the, the people there were hard, they were very hard. Uh, I saw a woman give birth to a child. We were building a birthing center, but that didn't finish in time. So we, we flew all the materials in, building a birthing center in the middle of this place. And it was a, it was a mission trip. Mm. And so we were missionaries there uh, doing some, some work. And we were building this birthing center, but this woman, she couldn't hold off. She just couldn't wait. <laughs> she decided to have a baby wow. before we finished. So she went onto the porch of the birthing center and I saw a baby being born, which is something I can never unsee. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably a little bit scarred now from that uh, experience. But baby was born. This woman picked up the baby, put the baby in the back in her backpack, went out and started farming potatoes. That is intense. The same day. I was just like, wow, she is tougher than... Any of us. And Australian <laughs> women need bed rest. Come on, guys. Hey, be careful. Don't don't say anything. <laughs> don't say you're gonna get yourself in trouble. I'm not saying that. I am not saying hey, that. Hey, you infer it. Why no did you why did you way. tell that story, no, no, Blake? No, 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 no. Why no. did you tell <laughs> that story? Isn't that wasn't that the no, point? That is not the point of the story. Okay. The point of the story is there were other missionaries in uh-huh. Papua New Guinea. I have nothing to do with that. I'm not getting in trouble here on Faith the Fib. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, there's other missionaries who recently got a phone call from kidnappers. Mm. Okay? And the phone call basically said, give us $1.5 million, Kina, I think they call it over there, if you want Professor Bryce Barker back from the university, uh, I think it's South Queensland, Southern Mm. Queensland. So Bryce is over there. He's doing research on archaeological findings that they were finding uh, pretty rare stuff uh, of evidence of migration through Papua New Guinea. Wow. Like human migration. Essentially, these kidnappers, they're walking along the trail. There's, there's a gang of roving thieves, apparently. And they see the professor and three of his colleagues. And then their guides as well, too. Mm. And decide we should kidnap them. Mm. Just out of the clear blue. They grab them, they kidnap them, and then they put them up for ransom. But they're so far away, there's no way for anyone to connect or Mm. to contact uh, the government, right? So they actually contact the local missionaries who are working away. Wow. uh, And then the missionaries get this phone call about, hey, newsflash, we've kidnapped this guy from Australia. And if you want him back, you got to pay us the cash. Then, obviously, the missionaries, they contact the the local government, and then the local government contact, I think, the whole the main government as well, mm. too. I think the prime minister gets involved as well, too. And I, it, the, the demand for the money was quite significantly high, but they told the kidnappers, if you want that much money, like it won't be able to be flown in because that money has to be flown in from Port Moresby. So they, mm. they said, if you take less money, we can maybe get that to you in time. And so they were there for about a week. Uh, they re- I think they released... The guides, but one of the guides decided to stay with mm-hmm. the colleagues and with uh, Bryce Barker. Then 
the interesting thing is the whole time negotiations were being done, it's through the missionaries. Mm. So it's like kidnappers with the professor through the missionaries to the government. And then the government sent in to go and try and find these guys, basically 50 heavily armed police officers, local police officers, mm. which is kind of a lot. That's like a small army and three out 50 is a lot. Right. And they were tracking them through the jungle. Couldn't find them. Uh, not to my knowledge at least, but then eventually money came through. And uh, Bryce Barker and his colleagues were finally released. Uh, one was first released, but then the, the negotiations kept uh, continuing. And then finally on Saturday, uh, PNG's police commissioner, David Manning, flew tomorrow as the negotiations were being finalized. And then uh, basically there was a component that he says that required some payment. And it all went through. And they're alive, and they've come back. The PNG government got involved to help with uh, the securing the safety of the whole situation. But the thing that is interesting to me, and praise the Lord, like that we have uh, Bryce back and, and his colleagues back. Like being kidnapped is an awful thing. Like, yeah, it's something I definitely never want to experience. A question that I have from this is: so they paid the kidnappers. Not the amount that they wanted, but they did pay them a little bit. Like, America has a whole, like, we don't negotiate Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Right. But I'm sure Bryce and his colleagues are very happy. That yeah, that's, but wouldn't they then go, like, hey, you've seen their hideout. Let's get them. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this as well, too. Like, I've been thinking, like, because okay. if you've paid them, then haven't you enabled them to continue? To continue to do Oof. that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I believe the... University of Southern Queensland has said our deepest thanks go to the governments of Papua New Guinea, Australia, and New Zealand, and the many people who worked tirelessly during this extreme, difficult, and sensitive time to secure the release. Uh, but in PNG, concerns remain among those left behind in the area. So now that there are, uh, you know, a precedent has been set, it says these villages have been long terrorized by these gangs from the neighboring Hela province. And uh, many locals are worried the criminals may now be further emboldened or attempt to seek retribution on locals. Mm. So the big the big story for me, it's the missionaries who are there. These people mm. who, like, the, and all, all the news coverage is not going to cover any of that. But I just think it's so, it's such a cool thing that we have people, because of Christ, who have decided to give their lives in a sacrificial way. Mm. To say, I'm not going to live with the accoutrements of luxury of life, but we're going to go live out in the jungle, and we're going to share the gospel with people. And they're there in this place at the time with all the equipment and the technology to help save Bryce Barker. But more importantly, they're there to help save people eternally. Mm. And so these missionaries are doing both a temporal job of saving people from being kidnapped mm -hmm. and people who are kidnapped by sin. And I just think... That's the real story. These missionaries have saved the day. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. The Breakfast Show on Faith FM with Loyal Lawson, Big Blake, and uh, Stunning Shanna. Is that the right word? I don't know. how. I'm trying to do like S's and the, the, what's the alliteration? I just call you Big Blake. Big Blake. Yeah. I'm going to call you Loyal Lawson. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Good stuff. Dude, until I'm out of here, you'll never see me again. Oh. <laughs> like later today? I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like maybe there's some storyline going on where I'm casing Faith FM to pull off a heist. 
and I've been doing it for the last five years. I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to get much with this highlighter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I've, we've got some Bible commentaries in You've here. You've got Bible commentaries. <laughs> you can have them. I'll give them to you. You don't need a case to join. <laughs> this is awesome. But hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and of course, we're going to give you another clue for the quiz. Three times a day, Daniel prayed towards this city. If you know which city that was that three times a day Daniel pointed to, well, you get 300 points, which is a considerable amount of entries on the board. But at the same time, we're going to give you 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer, as well as Seven Deadly Relationship Sins by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer as well. We're going to give you both of those books absolutely for free. You just have to win the draw, and to get in the draw, you just have to answer questions correctly. So again, 0491-064-669. Thank you, Lawson, so much. We have on the show with us, uh, I hope that you, I hope you can hear us, uh, none other than... The Young King, Kyle Vincent. How are you, Kyle? I'm good, Big Blake. <laughs> <laughs> and Loyal Lawson's here as well, too. <laughs> this uh, is cute, checking in. <laughs> hey, so Kyle, uh, last time you were on the show, we had a big conversation about Kingdom Come. And for our listeners, I would like to just do a short uh, little debrief about that because I want to move on to the next uh, part of that conversation that we talked about last time that we're going to get into. But for our for our listeners who may be hearing you for the first time, Kyle, uh, what is Kingdom Come and why is it so important for us as believers in Jesus? Sure. So last time we spoke about uh, Kingdom Come, which is essentially it's a 30-minute documentary, which is the first of three films, which is a it's an introductory film into... The prophetic book of Daniel, in particular the second chapter of Daniel, which is, um, I guess you would call it a dream to the ancient Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, and that, you know, that dream foretells the future of the rise and fall of future kingdoms and dynasties right until the end of time. So that's it's a half-hour sort of travel documentary which takes you to the ancient kingdoms and sees what's there today and tries to look at it through the eyes of of modern people and um yeah we tried to do it in a way that's sort of entertaining and yeah but it's just the first of three in that series now so that talks about daniel too the first of three in the series today i kind of wanted to have a little insight into the second part and and what that's about what the the kind of the storyline is and what we can be looking forward to now if i'm not mistaken part two and three are going to be released at the same time so maybe we can talk about part three in a little bit as well, too. But let's start with uh, part two. After Kingdom Come, you've done the Daniel 2, the, the statue with the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, and the feet of iron and clay. Now we're moving into, I believe, is it Daniel 7? Is that part two? That's right, yeah. So it's not limited to Daniel, Daniel 7, but it certainly draws most of its content from there. So I guess... For those who aren't familiar with Bible prophecy, in particular some of this content, I guess we look at the historical reality that there has been many powers, but one particular power that's sort of worked in opposition to God and to his people. And so we look at it through a historical lens. Um, I guess the different attributes that God's word said would identify that, that power and, and how it would go about achieving its aim 
uh, right through till today. And then I guess we look at it uh, by sort of going to a month, a bunch of different locations. So in that film, you're going to test my memory, uh, but we go to, uh, well, all places in Europe, really. So because this that sort of power had a bit of a stranglehold on Europe throughout the Dark Ages, um, we sort of we track that closely and we talk to a bunch of historians and authors and different commentators who, I guess, um, are able to verify what the Bible predicted, you know, two and a half thousand years ago. So... You're talking so part two is mostly in Europe, like the all all the different places there in Europe, and I think a big part of the reason why it's in Europe is uh, this is the known world, uh, essentially the old world as it is called. You know, I'm being from America, a lot of people uh, have referred to it as the New World. You know, Columbus comes over, but really, I think the Vikings came before he ever showed up, but. The, the interesting thing is we've got the old world with all these countries, all these uh, civilizations, uh, kind of a melting pot of many waters, many people coming all together. Uh, do you remember some of the locations uh, there in Europe? Because uh, I, I, think I, I think there was one guy who had a, a flame that he was walking through a cave, and that looked very familiar to me. Right, yeah, sure. So, so for those who are unfamiliar, Blake and I, we're more than friends. We also... <laughs> live at the same address yes that's where, true uh, but we we had a bit of a preview the other day of, of one of the scenes in this film which is called dominion this is that film we're talking about right now part two uh, and it's and it's a it's a special place for a lot of people who explore that part of european history because i guess it's where you could say some of the fiercest persecution occurred against god's people and it's it's northern italy sort of bordering um, on the French Alps up there in the Waldensian Valley. So it's a pretty pretty special place to be, and certainly to film there was, was pretty epic. So, yeah, I mean, I guess God's people there, they they lived up there in the hills to try to live in peace away from, I guess, the main, the church of its day and the persecution that ensued. And they also then had to sort of withdraw to different um, different places to ensure their safety. That include, you know, caves, they sort of, they made their they sort of self self sufficient for it was you know what it is today. They were up in the hills and and just doing everything they could to live a sort of a pure faith, but at the same time um, avoid the unfortunate corruptions that had come into the church. The the people group of the Waldensians are so inspirational to me. They had this place up there called the College of the Barbs. Now the word barb, to my knowledge, means uncle. Uh, and the reason they said uncle is because they didn't want to say college of the pastors because of the persecution that was taking place and happening at that time. And so they were just like, oh, uncle is coming over uh, for dinner tonight. But in reality, it was a Bible study. And so they had to have these like secret code words uh, to deal with what was happening. Now, the Waldensian people were passionate about the word of God. They would memorize entire books of the Bible as whole families so that the father would memorize maybe the first five books of the Bible. The mother would memorize, you know, judges to second Kings or something, you know, and the other children would memorize uh, the rest of the old Testament. Like maybe brother would have the gospels done or, uh, you know, sister would have, uh, the letters of Paul. And so the whole, like a family unit could actually have the entire Bible completely memorized. And the Waldensians at the college of the barbs, were strongly focused on studying the scriptures, but also not just studying, 
to share the scriptures. But the problem was, you know, they would actually be killed uh, for sharing that information. Right. Yeah. Now, and they had pretty creative ways to, to still get it out there. I'm sure you're you know, familiar with one of the ways is they would dress as, uh, you know, people selling different goods, you know, peddlers going from house to house. And if they thought that someone was open to the word of God, they would uh, they would offer them more than what they were just peddling. Absolutely. And, and not just peddling like like popper stuff. They were selling diamonds and artisan yeah. goods and like high quality mercantile texts. And they were they were like high end luxury merchants that were going to really successful business people all through Europe. Uh, another thing that they would do is they would send their kids off to go to uh, universities to become doctors and lawyers and students of uh, sec- like very prominent uh, secular fields as well too after they had spent time in the College of the Barbs. So they would spend the time to learn the scriptures and then when it was they were old enough to go out and be sent out, they, w- they would go to share uh, what they learned on their journeys. Now one thing that was interesting as well too if they got caught with the scriptures, they would either be killed or, uh, you know, persecuted for their faith. And so, a lot of times, they would actually sew the scriptures into their clothing, right? So that right. they would open up their jacket, you couldn't see anything, but then they could undo the stitching and then have scrolls of scripture hidden away, ready to share with people at a beckon's notice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was, yeah. And I think their faithfulness to the Bible and their desire to spread it around Europe, uh, you know, I'm not sure um, if you sort of mentioned already, but, you know, they, they had a real passion for the universities as well because they knew that if they could get into the universities and get God's word there, then it would then just, you know, make its way around Europe um, in an even faster way. And Absolutely. So they, they sort of identified the hotspots and then they went after it at risk to their own lives. Very much so. And and talking about risk to their own lives, the Waldensian people, you were basically explaining were one of the most persecuted people, uh, you know, out there. Uh, and it, the interesting thing is, so th- this is what is mind-blowing. The people who claim to be God's people were the ones who are actually persecuting the ones who studied the scriptures. And the reason it was so detrimental is the church at the time, the, the, the conglomerate, the big church of the people, they didn't want regular lay members to have access to the scriptures. And I think a big reason for that is because the church at the time, were, they were not following uh, the instructions of Christ. They were not following the word of God. And so by keeping the people ignorant, this is where we get the term the dark ages, Right, and by keeping the people in the dark, they would prevent them from understanding the truth as it is in Jesus and the Scriptures. Now, Waldensians they have a, a saying. I think it's uh, "lux lucit in tenebris," which means uh, light shining in the darkness. Right, and yeah. it's a symbol with a, a it's a candle, and it's got the stars above the candle as well too, uh, symbolically portraying the character attributes of the people of the Waldensians saying, hey, no matter how dark it gets in the dark ages, we are going to lux lucid and tenebris. We are going to be the light that shines in the darkness no matter how dark it gets. And when when I was up at the College of the Barbs uh, where the Waldensians were, there was another thing that I learned that was 
very surprising that the way that they would tie their shoes was a secret way. They would tie them from the, you know how we lace up our shoes from the bottom and then to the very top where we tie the bow at the top of the shoes? Yes, yes. They would start at the top of these big boots that went up halfway between their knee and their ankle, and they would tie them all the way down to where the toes were. And this was a symbol for other people to recognize that they were Seventh-day Sabbath-keeping Christians. And so they didn't have to tell other people, hey, I keep the Sabbath, you keep the Sabbath. No, no, no. They would look down at their shoes and be like, oh, I see you tie your shoes from the top to the bottom. And this was a secret way to communicate one to another, like, I too keep the Seventh-day Sabbath, which I think is kind of an incredible story, really. Oh, they're incredible people. Um, and, and we don't know as much about them as, as we would hope. You know, like, the, the truth is that today the Waldensian church is very different to what they were, you know, 500 years ago. And if you, like, you know, one of the challenges for us was finding historians who were willing to talk about them. Um, one of the guys we did interview, Ewan Cameron, who's a professor in northeast of the United States, he uh, he's sort of special in that he's actually going through and more or less got through now all the primary sources we've got for the Waldensians. So he's reading them in the original languages. He's also reading the Inquisitions in their original languages. So essentially when judges would travel around Europe looking for, for trouble, they would come across people like the Waldensies and then they would go through a process to try to force them to repent and, and to change their ways and to do it in a very public manner. And so those proceedings were often recorded and transcribed. And so this guy's job, well, one of his jobs as a historian was, has been to sort of go through those, those uh, interviews and uh, so, yeah, he was certainly someone that was, was able to talk about this. But, yeah, ultimately that a lot of these people lost their lives in very brutal ways. And it was very interesting. The, the church at the time was running an inquisition not on to find the truth, but to uh, eradicate anyone that was speaking opposite to what they were teaching. So, yeah. Uh, and another element to that as well, too, with those judges, it was like the Gestapo. It was like the secret police searching out. The Waldensians were very much uh, equal to or similar to the Jews in Nazi Germany. I mean, the, the, they had to hide for their lives and run to the hills and live in the caves and survive uh, extreme persecution. And the, and the persecution was blatant and open, and the, and the church would actually pay money to send into these valleys and just murder women and children simply because of what they believed. Exactly. And more than even just pay them money, you know, the uh, invading forces were promised remission of all their sins, past, present and future, uh, you know, for for sort of going in there and wiping out these communities living up in the hills. Right. So, hey, like the, the church was literally saying, hey, go kill all these innocent people, but don't worry because... If you do, we will absolve you of all your sins, and then you won't go to purgatory, uh, but you will be entered into the kingdom of heaven. Like, and this is a this is a lie. This is not how salvation cannot be purchased. It is a free gift of Jesus that only yes. can be given by the Savior. That's right. That's that's and that's the good news of it all. You know that despite Satan's fiercest attempts to destroy and eradicate his church they actually did endure and the waldensies you know they you know they uh 
they managed to really start a lot of that reformation. I mean, one of the fascinating points is that they, and I know you're passionate about this area, they trace their heritage right back to the apostles. And they've, they kept that light shining through a very dark period and then managed to really uh, extend that throughout Europe um, and sort of pre- set a lot of the tone for a lot of the reformers who would follow later. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle, we're running out of time here, uh, but I do want to have you on to talk about part three as well too. When can we look forward to part two coming out? So we can look forward to that coming out in April, which is only about probably six, seven weeks away till we launch those two. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited to put the finishing touch on it. I'm so excited, Kyle. Thanks so much for joining us on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.